Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing the trailer that broke the internet. Avengers Endgame has dropped the official ticket release announcement trailer, and it is glorious. All that right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MCUCast80 and use the promo code MCUCast80 to get $20 off each of your first four boxes. That's $80 off your first month of HelloFresh. Go check it out. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall. Matthew Carroll. Man, I got my in-game tickets. You got your in-game tickets? I got my in-game tickets like 10 minutes after it got announced. How hard was it for you to buy them? Obviously not that the, hard. It was actually, it was pretty easy for me because I got in super stupid early. Yeah, see, I did not. And <laughs> I ended up pretty much giving up because it was making me sit there and wait. And I couldn't. I, I just had other stuff to do. And so I ended up with like... It's going to be two hours. Like the 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 app was telling me it was going to be so long before I could get my tickets. It was like you're in a you're in a line. It was like you're gonna you're in a line. It's going to be two hours before you can buy your ticket. <laughs> um, and I was like, what world is this? Like, <laughs> it is this world where everyone loves the MCU and they are right to do so. Yeah, I, I I'm with you, man. When I went to get my tickets, it was, like I said, it was about 10 minutes after they were announced. I, uh, I always go to the, uh, the direct website of the theater that's down the street from me, which is a good, rich quality theater. Uh, very nice theater, by the way, like super nice recliners. Uh, you know, seats are assigned. You can, you know, it's got a gastropub in the, in the lobby. You can take your food and your drink inside the theater. Right. And you fancy. It's a good time. We get it. Any, anyway, so I go directly to their website and I'm like, okay, give me the GDX one, 7 p.m. on Thursday, because that's how I roll. And all of the center section, like all the way up, completely gone. And I was like, wow. oh, shit. <laughs> so I was like, ah, uh, row F, seeds five, six, seven, eight. Yes, sure. I just, I was like, quick, quick, quick. I need these. Oh my God. Give me, yes, go. <laughs> yeah. It's rough, man. It, it, it was honestly hard to get uh, these tickets. And I, I thought that was amazing given, you know, the world we live in today. Like, we, th- we've we had a lot of, over the last couple of years, we've had a lot of movies say, we broke records for having the most pre-sales. Um, <laughs> this I one broke the internet. <laughs> yeah, it broke all of the websites. None of the websites were working to sell enough tickets. You know, um, I bet if they had been using Azure websites. <laughs> all right. All right, nerd. Let's move with on. Auto scaling <laughs> built in based on a, an understood time. All right. Anyway. So anyway, no, it's fine. G- it's given fine. all of that, uh, sure, you, you know better uh, <laughs> than all of Fandango's web developers. Uh, <laughs> I do. You. you probably do. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just a massive amount of traffic. It's insane. Uh, so with this release of the tickets came a new trailer. Yes. A Um, special look and it's only a minute long and oh my God, it is a glorious minute. I think this may be the first trailer that goes past the 15 minute mark. They they said this one definitely goes past the 15 minute mark. I don't know, man. (laughs) <laughs> there's so much movie to be had. Yeah, gonna... but there's a couple shots. Even if it's just the few, like just them. All right, them in space. Um, yeah. The entire team off in space on the Benatar, flying through space, and then the, there's that one shot where you can see what looks like a beaten down or at least like tired sitting Thanos in, in all of his armor. Uh, sitting and leaning on his, like leaning on his arm while the Avengers walk toward him from behind, you know. I don't think that's a beaten down Thanos. You think it's like a victorious Thanos? I think it's a sitting in his victory kind of Thanos. It could be, but he's in all his armor, which a lot of, uh, a lot of speculation goes into that, but I, I'm, so we're really not sure, but in the movie, it seems like he only wears that armor pre-gauntlet. 
Yeah, there was actually a, a, a message from one of our, our listeners was specifically talking about that. Like, as he gets more stones, the more his armor comes off. Yeah, he doesn't need it anymore because he's just too powerful. So I, I think this may lend some credence to the idea that uh, they're going back in time. Now, he looks like he's sitting atop a battlefield of some sort, like he's been through a battle. Um, and I'm wondering if maybe they're going back to, like, what so a previous battle that Thanos was in. Mm-hmm. I'm really not sure. Oh, man. Yep. But it, it, I, I just think that we're seeing, we're seeing some things that we haven't seen yet. Um, and, yeah. and we're seeing yeah. so many visuals of the Avengers brooding. Well, you know, they're going to brood for a little bit after yeah, after suffering that kind of defeat. Sure. It's just anybody it, would. It's almost impressive the amount of trailers they've released now and every one of them has a different shot of every Avenger brooding in a different environment. <laughs> they brood a lot. They they actually go to different places just to brood. It's brutal. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Oh, that was so good. Um, speaking of brooding, it looks like good good old Hawkeye there got a tattoo. Oh, that sleeve, sir. That yeah. was a lot of good work on that. Um, and, and I'm assuming that's probably after his Ronin days or whatever. And like that's part of his grieving process is getting this tattoo on his arm. Yeah, I mean, it. If you if you pause it and look at it, it's got. Uh, the armor of a samurai on it. And, you know, that's very oh, clearly nice. Ronin. I'm also going to channel, uh, channel our, our listener Ashley Coffin, uh, for this, but, uh, uh, in that, in the moment right after that, he looks over and sees, uh, Nat, uh, sitting in the chair, and she's back to red hair, but she has blonde, like, uh, blonde tips, as if her yeah. red hair has grown out. So that to me means that's been like what a year or two. Yeah, since, it's been a while since the Avengers, because uh, it's not that she's dyed it; she still has the blonde at the bottom. So there's like a clear progression there, which is kind of cool. I'm really excited to see what they do with Nebula. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I love all the characters, but she of all her and Rocket of all the characters in this movie are the two that seem to me most out of place. Because they're guardians, yeah. they were only in the you know Avengers Infinity War for a minute, and it just feels like they haven't really been a part of the overarching plot that has been the Avengers, and so the, especially Nebula not even being a hero up till now, yeah, uh, it's just really interesting to see her, you know, seemingly just a full on member of the Avengers for this at least for this uh, moment. I mean, fifteen seconds into this trailer and. Rocket and Nebula are holding hands. Yeah, that was quite a moment. Oh my god, like, that kills me, like... They've, their uh, family's gone, man, their family's gone, and all they have is each other. Their families are gone, and they only have each other left. Oh, it's killing me! Yeah. Oh, this trailer's so good! I mean, and it, you know, it, it sets the tone for how dark the theme of this whole thing is right out of the gate with Banner saying like if we do this we'd be going in shorthanded and Rhodey says why you mean because he killed all of our friends yeah like oh god yeah that's that's what he means yes yes Rhodey you don't have to tear my heart out like that and remind me well that line is so Rhodey too yeah like it's just exactly the kind of like no bullshit call outsmanship that Rhodey does and has yep. always done for Tony. And now, you know, he's doing it for everyone. Yep. Uh, I just, man, it's just amazing. The the world they've built, the characters they've built, every one of them feels so fleshed out and real. And now we're going to get a movie that, you know, wraps up a story they've been telling for 10 years. I'm just so excited. Yeah. I yeah, really and, am. Oh. oh, man. And then like, okay, so. <sighs> Sorry having all of the moments again, going through this trailer again, like 19 seconds in with Tony, like clearly disheveled, just got off the spaceship, Tony hugging pepper saying, it's not about what we lost. It's about what we have left. Mm. Oh, Matt, it hurts Mm. because he's got that picture. He's got the picture with him and, 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 
young Peter Parker and they're giving yeah. each other bunny ears. And the first picture that he took with anybody in the MCU in Iron Man 1, the guy was holding up the peace sign. He said, please, no gang signs. Yeah. That is true. Oh, my God. Man. So good. That. So good. <laughs> such that. a long road. Such a long road. And we are, we are, we are so here. Man, loving it. Really excited. Um, any other, anything big else stand out in this trailer to you? Uh, let me trip. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And specifically, uh, halfway through it, when we've got a an older, uh, looking to be salt and peppery, graying haired Tony, looking at Cap, saying, "Do you trust me?" Oh yeah, that that moment. They're standing in New York. Yes, they're standing in New York. It, he's, and it he, looks like the Battle of New York is going on behind them. Cap is in the old costume. So is this a Cap from that timeline? Like, I just don't uh, even know. And, no, in that in that timeline, Cap was wearing the bright blue suit with the cowl. Okay. Okay. I thought he was in the older suit. Okay, gotcha. Now, that was in the first Avengers. He got the, uh, the older suit out of storage in the Winter Soldier after that. That's right. Yeah, and when he said when he says it though, the way that Steve responds with the "I do," like there's yeah. like a question in his voice. Man, it's so good. No, it's it's that uh, it's that confirmation of you know I I may not you may not be expecting me to say it, and I may not necessarily should trust you, but you have been an amazing friend. I I do. I do trust you. Oh my god! And then they shake hands. <laughs> I keep looking at at every frame, just like, what can I pick out? What can I discern from this? Yeah, man. Oh, so good, so good. Uh, well, all the stuff going on and all of our discussions last week prompted a whole lot of feedback. Uh, we got a lot of people writing in this week about all kinds of things. It's very rare for us to get this much feedback when it is a non, like when there's not a new movie out, basically. Um, right. So we really appreciate all you guys writing in. It really means a lot uh, that everybody wants to chime in and has stuff to say. And with, with Endgame coming up, I feel like we all just have things to say and we all want to talk about it. So we're going to dive in and try to discuss all your feedback and just kind of get into this thing. Um, let's do it. All right, so Dan Hayes said to us on Facebook, so I was just listening to the latest cast about the Fox properties, and just like you and everyone else, I am stoked about getting all the characters back home where they belong. However, I'm not really thrilled at the idea of any of the characters popping up in Endgame post credit scene. This movie is going to be the end of an incredible cinematic journey over 11 years. Let the story play out and come to a wonderful conclusion. The former Fox characters will have their time. But this is not it, in my humble opinion. Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. You know, I I did kind of give up that theory uh, and, and, you know, give that to the world as as a thing that could happen. But I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want it to happen that no, way. I'm, I'm totally with Dan on this. I, I, I think it's fun to talk about the fact that it is now possible that we could get the Fox characters in, and, and we probably, we will talk about it again. <laughs> I think there may have even been other people who wrote in feedback about that very thing and like their theories of who might show up. And, and, yeah. and like, it's really fun to, to speculate, but I'm, I'm actually totally with Dan on this. Like, I think that it's not time. It's not, it's not time for that to happen just yet. Yeah. Yeah. Let that, let that simmer and, and kind of you know, let us think of it, what we will make of it. You know, because we're gonna we're gonna have all of these different theories about what could happen, and it's gonna jazz us up, and then we're gonna jazz everybody else up, and then everybody's gonna be talking about what should happen, and then they can actually give us a story. But right now, we need to let them tell the Avengers original sex story. Yeah. Now I'm not gonna be mad at it if they decide to do something. I I just know that if they decide, if if Feige and all his wisdom comes to the plan of the, like there's something they can do that won't ruin the feeling cuz I do want to leave this movie fully satisfied. I don't want to leave this movie just waiting for the next chapter. Um I want to leave this movie satisfied and if if the Russos and Feige come up with a way to do it, I I won't be mad at them. But I but as I can't in all my wisdom, which is very limited, 
think of <laughs> a way. my limited of, wisdom. Right. In all my limited wisdom, I can't think of a way to uh, pull this off well. So I'm, I'm very happy to say don't do it. But if they, if they come up with a way, I'm not going to be mad. <laughs> okay. So you've got Matt's stamp of approval, kind of. Yeah. It's a, it's a tentative stamp of approval. Indeed. Uh, Jeffrey James said to us on Facebook, truly great feedback cast. I think you're missing an angle, though, when it comes to speculation about where Endgame will end. There is only one piece of released IP that is 100% definitely post-Endgame. The trailer for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Spider-Man Far From Home could be pre-snap. AOS Season 6 was delayed until Endgame, so the showrunner, at least, probably knows more or less how Endgame winds up. Therefore, whatever happen in, happens in Endgame is very possibly re- uh, results in the advent of Coulson's evil twin. My question for you, what canonical series of events could fix the snapshare and also create an evil Coulson? Actually, never mind. He's a scroll. Darn, I thought I had something there. Hey, maybe he's an LMD or an LMD created by scrolls in the framework. <laughs> Hashtag bring Bobby back. <laughs> I was like sitting here trying to rack my brain over Jeffrey's question, and then he answered it five different ways. That's great. Thank yeah. you, Jeffrey. <laughs> Literally anything. It's fiction. Yeah. There's so, they've, they've built in so many ways for this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I really think that uh, incursions are going to be the way, the, the multiverse crashing in on itself. Because like, with, the, with the show, you know, in the last season – when they were like, oh, yeah, we're in space. And, um, oh, my God, Mac was like, oh, yeah, space, of course. The only thing we haven't done yet. Like, that kind of goes to show, like, you know, they have to deal with a new thing every time. So they've dealt with time travel. They've dealt with space. They've dealt with, you know, all of these different things. Now they got to deal with the multiverse. They, have, they haven't approached the multiverse yet. So I think that's where they're going next. That's true. I do like that. I do like that theory, and that is something that Agents of Shield has been on the kind of forefront of dealing with a lot of these sort of science fiction elements. And so I'm down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Rossi said, "Hi there. Discovered you guys recently, and love catching up on old episodes. Listen to the most recent X Men cast, and wanted to chime in. The voice actor Starks on the Endgame trailer is Peggy Carter's, I believe, and I think the Ant Dog is Antoine." On another note, <laughs> in rewatching Infinity War as a prep for Endgame, I noticed that Cap's beard in Wakanda changes up quite a bit. Never noticed it before, and don't know if you guys had keep up the great work. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Let's call you'll, Ashley. You'll have every, yeah, let's call Ashley. Uh, you will have for have have forever ruined that scene for me now. Now I'm just gonna like notice the beard changes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm just gonna notice Bring me Thanos! Mm. No one else is in that scene but Thor for Jeff. <laughs> yeah. It's literally just Thor destroying a bunch of Outriders, and it's great. Oh, so good. How much for the arm? <laughs> it's not for sale. Uh, Jake Brook says to us, My favorite music drop is the DJ AM mix that starts with Another One Bites the Dust by Queen and ends with Robot Rock by Daft Punk in Iron Man 2. When we first see War Machine at Stark's Drunk at B-Day Party. Hmm. Yeah, that was fun. Again, it's always fun when the... I just really love when they make the music drops part of the scene. Yeah. And that one was one of those really good ones because it was two, like, it was two robot-covered dudes duking it out. Really, they weren't even, like, using the the full powers of the suit. They were just, like, punching each other. And those punches were just perfectly timed with the music. Mm. Yeah, it was really good. That is a good one. Good, good call. <laughs> I think we should make a uh, a music like favorite drops music episode, just like specifically for all of these. Well, we got a lot of responses on that, so I think uh, these that might be exactly what we're doing today. <laughs> a lot of people were like, "Oh, this music drop, that music drop." Yeah, uh, some so, of these I'm like, I don't even remember that one. <laughs> was was there music to that? There's 20, 22, 22, 23 movies now. It's hard to remember every little music drop, but I don't get it. What do yeah, you mean? There's some good ones. <laughs> uh, Sir Elizabeth King said, "Just don't know if this has anything to do with the new movie and name, 
But I thought it was interesting. Completely forgot that scene. Oh, yeah. She was posting the scene about uh, in Ultron where uh, Tony uh, mentions, Where Tony said, that up there, that's the end game. That's the end game. Yes. And I think uh, it definitely relates to the new movie. Um, I don't know that when they wrote that scene, they knew the name of the movie yet. Uh, but <laughs> it definitely relates. Yeah. Well, uh, Age of Ultron was kind of uh, infamous for uh, for being one of those movies that kind of handcuffed the writer and director into doing, you know, a very specific set of things. Like you have to do these things, even though I didn't want to. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's true, so, and it's a bummer. Could have. Because I'm have. sad they lost the Whedon. I I also am sad that we lost the Whedon, but. The Russos have really done a fantastic job. Yeah, I totally agree. I, and I think they do... It's hard for me to say they do a better job than Whedon, because I really love what Whedon did. Even rewatching Ultron. Ultron is really a good movie. Um, I don't know. It's almost like Whedon has a certain sort of Artur sort of flavor to him. That like I don't know. He he does weird things sometimes that I'm like not expecting. He like the the deliveries and the way they put certain scenes together. I'm like, man, that's not how I would have done that. And it's really cool. Uh, but the Russos do such a good job of just like making these huge movies, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, some of that is very based on what Whedon did in the very first Avengers. Um, Certain moments are so much like that, but I just, the Russos, everyone they've done has felt so big and sweeping and serious. Um, I just love it. Yeah. Um, more, going, going to the point of Ultron being actually a good movie that everybody shouldn't be so down on, um, at work very frequently, I'll be, you know, trying to do something, trying to get some piece of, of scripting to work and it won't work. And I'll just be like, shit, son of damn it. And she'd like get very frustrated with it because I've been staring at it for freaking six hours. And the older guy that sits behind me will just be like, language. And I'm like, nobody, nobody's going to address that cap just said language. Oh man. Tonight, uh, I had a bunch of people over at my house and, uh, my friend called me. She was like, Hey, um, I'd love to come to your party, but I have my 10 year old with me. And I was like, well, um, I mean, <laughs> like it's kind of your call. Like, I don't really care if you bring a 10 year old, but it is an adult party. There will be adult beverages for everyone. And, uh, everyone's going to be sitting here drinking and playing board games. And, you know, I'm not going to like police everyone's speech or anything like it, it you know, it's fine. Like whatever. Um, but you know, it's your, your kid, you raise them how you want They're You guys are welcome. We're not going to be mean to you or anything to them or anything, but you know, it, it is an adult party. Um, and she was like, Oh yeah, it's fine. It's fine. She's totally fine. So she got here and then this little 10 year old girl was in the, in the, in the, in the room and she kept going language. <laughs> oh, um, that is so good. And, uh, early on someone mentioned, uh, she was like, can I have, uh, uh, milkshake? And I was like, well, I don't have milkshake. I have ice cream. And she was like, great ice cream. So I made her a bowl of ice cream. And then, uh, then she kept saying language and I was like, finally I was like, all right, uh, you, you stop saying language. We, we, you're in an adult party. We say bad words here. I was just being silly. I don't know. I was picking on her. Um, and then, uh, and then I was like, how about this? You get a scoop of ice cream when we hit, it'll be like your, it'll be like your swear jar. <laughs> and so, uh, every time, every time she'd say language, someone would just look at her and go, ice cream and just point her at the fridge. <laughs> And so it just became like a, this was literally like two hours ago. It just became like a whole thing where language, ice cream. <laughs> like, don't talk to me. Just go eat some ice cream. <laughs> right. Such a, right. Such bad, uh, parenting, such bad, like communal parenting. Cause it's not like yeah. we were all parenting her, but <laughs> like, yep. it's not bad on the, her mother is a fine mother and all, but we were all being kind of bad because we're all, you're at an adult party. Uh, we're not going to check ourselves for you. You just get some ice cream. <laughs> I'm just going to buy your loyalty with ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Language, ice cream. Yep. Uh, so the other thing that Sarah Elizabeth King said, 
<laughs> right after sending us the uh, the scene in Age of Ultron, it says, "But did you see the new trailer they posted this morning? Oh my god, I'm crying!" Mm. All caps, of course. Uh, it says, "I keep thinking they can't surprise me anymore, but then they post another trailer. I'm way too hyped. I can't wait to hear your theories and nerd out on them after this trailer in the next podcast." Yeah. Well, well, that's what we're here to deliver, Sarah. Here it is. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, we also got Joe Ketchum says, I have a theory about why Nebula appears twice in the in-game trailer. I think the trailer is modified to cover someone up. And I think it's probably Shuri. I bet the first trailer was also altered to tell us that she's missing, but she's not. I love this theory because I love surprises and I love when they lie to me. <laughs> uh, but if they were going to do this, I don't know why they do it to Shuri. Like I, yeah. I love Shuri, and I think she's great and all, but I, I just don't know why they'd lie. Like I, they could have done that to any other character. Well, I guess there's not that many that don't that we don't know their fates, but I don't know. It just seems weird. It, just, it would seem weird to do. Like why lie to us about Shuri? It's one thing yeah. when you lie about the Hulk showing up. Like that's a big kind of a big deal, and it's it's all about the hero moment. Uh, but yeah, Shuri, I don't know why they'd lie. I just, I just don't know the impact of that. There's also the, um, the marketing materials where, you know, they had all the posters, all the character posters where the black and white ones were people who had been snapped, um, and the, or, you know, snapped or killed by Thanos in the movie. And, uh, the, the color ones were the people who were still alive and Shuri was one of the black and white ones. Yeah. But you know, so, not that that's still promotional material and could be lies. But I just, I just don't see it. I don't see why they'd lie. Yep, 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 yep. But I do like the theory. Let's see. Ashley Ann Coffin says favorite MCU use of a song: Guardians of the Galaxy two, Fleetwood Mac, The Chain. I'm trying to remember when that happens. I guess you're not a true super fan. Yeah, it's true. I haven't seen number two nearly as many times. I also am not a big fan of Fleetwood Mac. Not that it's not, they're not good. I just never didn't grow up on them or anything. Um, so I don't know. Where, where does that happen? Help me out. Do you know? Uh, no, I was just, I was giving you shit. <laughs> Jerk. All right, so it was in the uh, it was in the end fight when uh, when Peter and his dad were kind of uh, trading blows, you know, with the uh, the full power of the light or whatever. Cool. It was right about the right about the time when everybody was kind of you know getting beaten down, and uh, and he you know, perks up and starts to turn the fight. Hmm. Neat. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't recall it, but mostly because I don't, I don't think I know the song as well, so it didn't stand out as much to me in the movie. But, uh, but yeah, cool. Uh, thanks for writing that one in, Ashley. I think we should uh, probably talk about uh, one of our favorite ways to get some food in our faces. Oh yeah, how's yeah. that? Well, my friend, have you heard about this HelloFresh? I have heard about this HelloFresh thing. Well, why don't you tell me about it? Well, this HelloFresh thing is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. Delivered directly to your door, sir, every week. That's pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. It's actually pretty easy to get out of that recipe rut that you may have been in and that I know other people find themselves in pretty frequently. I myself am one of them. Uh, and start cooking outside your comfort zone by discovering new delicious recipes directly from their app. You choose which ones you want every week. And then fresh pre-measured ingredients and easy-to-follow six-step pictured recipe cards are delivered to your door in a special insulated box. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. I really have enjoyed uh, with the things that HelloFresh have sent us. We, we got a few because they're running ads on the show, and then me and you both have uh, gotten some boxes just because we liked them so much. Um, so, yeah, it's really, really great. Um, really, really fun and easy to cook meals, and I have win- gotten so many points from my lady uh, by <laughs> cooking you know, because when they come, it's like a whole week, basically, you know, three nights of the week, I'm cooking dinner, like in a fancy way. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I get all the points for that. 
Yeah, man. It's not often that you get shallots that you, you know, that you cook with. And the, the sauces that get made with shallots are phenomenal sauces. Like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, along with it being, you know, giving you a lot of good brownie points, you really don't have to do anything past that. They do all of the meal planning, shopping, and prepping so you can focus on a healthier you and a happier family. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, we have definitely been happier. Yeah. For uh, sure. My, my picky eaters, my two picky eaters in particular, well, my one picky eater and my one very adventurous one, have actually both gone out since we've started on HelloFresh and been exploring other things. Like, I didn't think that the one kid would want to have fried squid. So we lied to him and we're like, calamari is just, you know, it's like onion rings. You're just going to like it. And he was like, why would you not tell me this is squid? This is amazing. I want this. <laughs> That's great. And I, I chalk it all up to HelloFresh. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we had the uh, Juicy Lucy burgers. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, Those man. were good. They, they they had us flatten out the patty, put some cheddar cheese in the middle of the burger, and then turn it over on itself, like make a little yeah. pocket for the cheese out Wrap of meat, mm-hmm. and then fry mm-hmm. that. Oh, man, it was so good. Yep, yep. Uh, so the, good. The one that we keep coming back to, actually, we've had it a couple of times now, Um it's been a recurring thing because we're like, oh, that's available again. Let's get that. Is the uh, the creamy dill chicken with uh, with roasted potatoes? We've had it with green beans and also asparagus, both of which have been great. Uh, but the creamy dill chicken, like, I will admit, this is one of those things where I turn the plate up and lick every bit of the plate, <laughs> and then my wife did the same thing. <laughs> Dude, being on my sort of caloric restriction thing that I've been doing for. 15 months now um i yeah when, when i when i get done with a meal that's as good as these things i lick every plate just every every <laughs> freaking plate uh because yep. all those i'm like i already counted the calories for these sweet dripping juices off of all of the <laughs> <laughs> like i'm gonna i'm gonna get those calories <laughs> yeah man you good stuff you um, gotta well guys if you want 20 dollars off your first four boxes uh, get HelloFresh.com slash MCUCast80 and uh, type in the promo code MCUCast80. That's go to HelloFresh.com slash MCUCast80 and put in the promo code MCUCast80. That'll get you $80 off of your first month of, of HelloFresh. Your first four boxes, $20 a piece. That's a fantastic deal. Great deal. Uh, great food. Go do it. Put in that promo code. Let them know that we sent you. So, let's see. Oh, wait, four said on Twitter. Oh, here's another one. My favorite music drop has to be the chain in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in the climax. Also, the girl in the Endgame trailer is played by the daughter of one of the Russo brothers, so hopefully not Hawkeye's wife. <laughs> All right, we've got another vote for the chain. Yeah, apparently that's the, the front runner right now. Yeah, uh, I just the, listened uh, to it, and I do like that song, and I remember it in the movie, but, uh, man, I'm... It's all fuzzy. It's also fuzzy. I thought that it was in a different point. Um, and actually kind of just like typing in Guardians of the Galaxy to the chain. Like there's, there's actually more than one scene where it's in there. Uh, when Rocket was staying on the ship and the, the rest of the, the team was going to, um, to go with Peter's dad, there was that, that song queued up playing hmm. and Rocket was kind of, you know, looking, uh, ashamed of them, so to speak, as they were walking away. Huh. I I really, I feel like I need to go like listen to all the lyrics of that song and go compare it to the scenes that it's in and see what it, see what it's trying to say. See what yeah, James Gunn yeah. is trying to say with that song. Apparently James Gunn speaks through, uh, through song. I was actually listening to the Awesome Mix Volume 1 on the way to work the other day and, uh, I found myself like really confused when I looked at the thing and it said, escape. And then it said the Pina Colada song. And I was like, what? But no, that song was playing when they were escaping from the kiln. Yeah. And it's called Escape. No <laughs> way. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a like, good one. That light bulb. I was that day years old when that <laughs> light bulb happened. You awesome. know, like that meme. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Enough about my stupidity and inattentiveness. At Brutus Fireman on Twitter said, At MTCast cannot wait 
to see the post credit scene after Endgame. I'm hoping for Silver Surfer serving Galactus. Next 10 years will be Galactus. Mm. You know, Galactus is definitely a possibility going forward, but I, I can't imagine him being as big of a threat as Thanos has been, even though, you know, cause the whole thing with Galactus is he's eating planets. Yep. But with Thanos, like half of the entirety of the universe, like that's, that's big stuff. You know, there's something that I read that suggests that it's not the entire universe that got snapped. Huh. Yeah. Something, something that I had read suggests that it was only the Earth and that he was going to other planets and snapping them as well. Hmm. That's interesting, but I don't think I buy it. Well, no, because yeah. it's definitely not true because the p- other people were on. Yeah, they were on Titan, Titan. and it happened. But they're from Earth. Not all but of But then, no, Drax and, and uh, Mantis also got snapped. Yeah, so that's a bum theory. Yeah, okay. Don't listen to me and the internet that I read. You know, I, I go down some pretty deep holes, Matt. I'm sorry. No, I get it. I love, love I love deep holes. It's good stuff. I love deep holes, the name of your sex tape. <laughs> <clears throat> I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, too. It's a great show. It is. Uh, so let's see. Jeremy Wilson said on Twitter, Adam, you cast my nominations for the best MCU music drops. No order. Uh, number one, The Immigrant Song. Mm. That was a good one. It had a mul- it it had several spots in the movie that it that it came up and was a really uh, solid choice for yeah. that uh, that movie. That's that like sets the beginning of that movie. Uh, yeah. Off, well, it it right. bookends it. Yeah, you know? for sure. I just when it happens at the beginning, I was like, oh yes, yes, right? please. Like this is what Thor would smash everybody's face into. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, let's see. Number two, Rubber Band Man. I gotta say that was a really solid, like for anybody, I don't know who, but if there might have been people who hadn't seen Guardians of the Galaxy and didn't know that that was their thing, having the Guardians show up to Rubber Band Man happening and Star Lord dancing in his seat to it, like having that happen was masterful. Mm. Yeah. Uh, let's see number three, shoot to thrill. That would have been the beginning of Iron Man Two, if I'm if I recall correctly, when he dove out of the plane. Yeah, that that is a great music drop. Yep, <laughs> it's a great just drop because he jumped. That's anyway. true. That too. <laughs> uh, number four, Brandy by Looking Glass, the finest musical composition ever written by the hand of man. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good I song. like it. Uh, number five, Just a Girl. Oh, all right. From Captain Marvel. Little Captain Marvel latecomer to the party. But yeah. Right, right. And uh, honorable mention, Star Spangled Man. <laughs> from the first Avenger. Yeah, like it. I like it. That was, that was a really solid montage, too. Especially with him like, holding the motorcycle up with three girls on it. And you know, at the end with the tanks showing up out of nowhere. It's like, okay, that's a pretty big production there. Yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. Uh, let's see. On Twitter, we have at Luke Cage 050. This is at M2 Anytime you talk about canon, my eyes glaze over because you make a lot of assumptions about what characters do and don't know about things. And just because it doesn't match up with what you think doesn't make it a canon breaker. Matt. <laughs> yeah, he didn't say he didn't Matt. Add the Matt. That was me. That was Jeff. But uh, he, he's definitely talking to me. Uh, you know, I try not to make assumptions that aren't in the text. I, you know, honestly, I'm a big head cannon guy. Like I, I will try to fix problems whenever I can with my own thoughts. And like, and, you know, my thoughts don't have to be right, but I, I like it's the things that bother me is when I can't think of any way that. It, the two, the two scenes could make sense together. Like that's what that's what bothers me. And so you know, I hear you. I I honestly have been trying to not talk about canon as much, uh, especially with the Star Trek Universe podcast because um, <laughs> what I had, canon? Like, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Star Trek uh, is wrought with canon problems right now, and I have to just really try not to talk about it. Or I'll just get too mad. Um, so I, so I try trying to enjoy the shows and trying to have a fun time podcasting about it. I just have to like, 
I, I still mention them, but I'm like, okay, here's a little bit of a couple canon problems. All right, moving on. Let's move on. But I hear you, man. I appreciate your feedback. I'm, I really do try to move off the canon stuff before. But it, it, it's part of what I love about these kinds of stories. And, like, to me, uh, if you don't have a strong canon and you're not sticking to it, you don't have a, a connected universe. Like, that's don't, part of a connected universe. Don't apologize for being you, Matt. It, it is a big part of me. It, it really is. Uh, be, I have to think things are logically consistent or, or they don't work for me. <laughs> All right. So Jason Hicks said to us on Twitter at MCUcast regarding Matt's rant about shield slash cannon. <laughs> I'm pretty right. sure. I'm pretty sure the first instance of shield being mentioned in the MCU canon is at the end of the agent Carter one shot when Howard calls Peggy to invite her to come run shield with him. Right. I think well, Jason, correct. Let me, let me stop you right there and just be like, how does that one shot fit into the two seasons of the Agent Carter show? Yeah, therein lies the problem. Uh, so that that the, the Agent Carter show, which obviously they made for two seasons and has been connected to all kinds of other things, including Cloak and Dagger with the Roxxon Corporation, um, all of that kind of makes the one shot not make any sense and so like at this point the entire one shot is like a huge cannon breaker if peg if agent carter is in canon there's maybe some way that they could make it work because i think he invites her out to la to help him found the event the the shield dc oh to dc okay invites her to dc to found shield um, and in the, in the movie, she's still working in New York, but by the end of the show, she was already in LA and they weren't allowing her to be in the field. Like a lot of weird things would have to happen for the one shot to make sense. They'd have to like take her out of the field, <laughs> even though she's been like a main SSR, like field agent for years, they'd have to like somehow put her back in the office. Like, and we've, we have actually, I, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but like it would have to mean that like maybe they change leadership at the SSR and they, someone a little more sexist gets involved and stops letting her out in the field. Um, but yeah, or maybe she just makes too many crazy situations with dark matter. <laughs> They're like, we got to tone you down. Yeah. You, you need to get in back in the office. No, it's not cause you're a woman. It's cause you keep causing these insane circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nah, and, and of course I'm kidding. She never really caused anything. She was a, very competent agent, that Carter. All right, so next up, Yoda Hugh hit us up on Twitter saying, Adam, so you cast Winter Soldier, Project Insight. There is a point in the ocean between Africa and South America, maybe the Dino Island where the X-Men are hiding out, or Fantastic Four accident creates the X-Gene and spreads like a disease, hence the hate toward mutants. Hmm, okay. Yeah, those are two solid ideas. Uh, I don't know what... Uh, the X-Men hiding out or all of mutants hiding out on a dino Island would do to the sort of mutant culture. That would be kind of a weird way to bring them in. But I, I know that there was a dino Island with a bunch of mutants, but it'd be yeah. weird if they're involved in hiding out there for the entirety of the MCU. It's <laughs> <laughs> just hidden, you know, little, their own little, uh, yeah. Like, like them being hidden works. Cause that's the same thing with like the inhumans. They were like hidden on the moon. Uh, and hidden in, uh, that sanctuary city. But when you, when you take them all and hide them there, like that changes their culture. You know, they're going to have their own weird X culture yep. instead of like be a part of the world, which is kind of like how X-Men or the mutants are supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, the mutants are supposed to be kind of a, uh, an allegory for, uh, the the racism conflict. So, like, how do you do that with them just being an isolated nation? Yeah, it would be it would be different. Um, so I don't know. I, I still have no idea how they're going to bring them in. Really, I really don't. Yeah, you can't just jump straight to Genosha and and Savage Island or whatever it was called. Yeah, it'd be weird. Come on, Yoda Hugh. Uh, quote unquote, Gutsy hit us up on Twitter said, finally getting to add MCU cast talk, hashtag Captain Marvel. I personally think the Skrulls will become a Muslim analog where Kree and others use the actions of radicals to justify a war on the rest. I, I totally agree. I kind of thought they already were in, in Captain Marvel. I thought that was very sort of, uh, built into the sort of conversations they were having. 
about those characters. That could be said, yeah. All right, so Julie Round hit us up on Twitter at MCU Cast. I'm going back and listening to all your casts about all the recent movies. You guys are so great about breaking everything down. Some of the theories on the Ant Man and the Wasp feedback blew my mind. Love the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Man. Aww. Thank you, Julie. I really wish you had told us which theories blew your mind, because I'm sure we've forgotten them at this point. Yep. They're all disappeared from my head. <laughs> and it's not like I can go back and listen to that. Uh, yeah, I don't listen to us talk. It's weird. It's actually, I actually really enjoy going back and listening to old episodes because it's like, we were so young. We were so naive. <laughs> listen to us just describing the way that the movie goes. Or, or like, well, that's still what we do, but listen to our theory about how this connects and it was totally wrong. That's always kind of fun. Well, specifically what I'm talking about is, you remember our first episode, whenever we were we were covering Guardians of the Galaxy, and we basically just described the plot? Uh, I don't really. That's funny. Oh, though. man. We, we, were, we, we basically did a, a, a Kevin Smith, where we're just like, here's the plot of the movie. Yeah, which I love. I love Kevin Smith for doing that. <laughs> he's, he's much more entertaining than we are, though. He's an entertaining man. Yeah, yeah, he is. He, uh, well, he's got a few years on us and as far as being an entertainer. Indeed. Yep, yep, yep. And he's, you know, he's made a couple of movies, like one or two. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sarah Hart on Twitter said, For all of my Marvel-loving friends, if you like podcasts, you should totally listen to Adam MCU Cast. They do an amazing job at explaining things in the movies that didn't make sense to me, and I love listening to their fan theories. Check them out. You won't be disappointed. Thank you, Sarah! Smiling face emoji. Oh, goodness. Thank you, Sarah. Heart, you too. Uh, Steve-O Wayne said, at MCUcast, has anyone else noticed how they have hidden the Fantastic Four logo right in front of us? Knocked the leg off of that A, and it's definitely a four. Yeah, that's insane. I had not noticed it. But, like, the circle around the Avenger, uh, the A, if you just take off that leg, like, it really does look like a four. And the one that he, he uh, they shared with us here, it's really crazy. Like the coloring and everything, they color the four slightly different than the rest of the, the 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 A. It really looks like a Fantastic Four logo. Yep, yep, yep. That seems deliberate. <laughs> Fantastic Four, a Fantastic Fourth Phase Four, whatever. What do we call it? Fantastic Four. That's what it was. Fantastic Four confirmed. You found it. I found it. Use take three. <laughs> It took me a while to get there. Zuhair Ali said on Twitter, Jeff, I typically take your side on things. Sorry, Matt. But do you not remember Fury's car in Winter Soldier? I'm pretty sure his car is pretty damn unique, even if half the population of New York disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about uh, last week we were discussing how they would know that the pager that was calling Captain Marvel belonged to Nick Fury. and. Yep. Uh, I was just pointing out that it's 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 Nick Fury's car. It's gonna be they're gonna know what car he's in, and uh, and and Jeff, I think you were just feeling uh, like fighting me on it because we talked about it way too long, and I was like, no, it's very clear. They have license yeah. plates. I was pretty ornery about it, <laughs> just in general. <laughs> so thank you, Zahar, for writing that in. Uh, but I am kind of annoyed that you typically take Jeff's sides on things. Oh, it's because Jeff's usually right. <laughs> so says Jeff. So says Jeff. Uh, so says Zuhair Ali. Also says Banner was called in on Avengers to find the Tesseract in a lab he's never seen on a flying ship. Pretty sure he can find a super high-range pager. Love y'all's banter. Crying That's right. emoji. That's right. Zuhair, Zuhair knows what he's talking about with this one. Uh, and and uh, if you weren't disagreeing with... Uh, Jeff, on this one time, I would say it was probably Z- Jeff, as also known as Zuhar. Uh, <laughs> like, he, like he's a fake account. So I was watching, yeah. and Jeff's normally right about everything. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I should make a, uh, a a White Knight Jeff account. Yeah. Somebody to just back me up. <laughs> 
You know, Jeff had a really good point there when he said that Matt was a jerk. <laughs> Matt, you should really be nicer to Jeff. <laughs> James Galachi said on Twitter, Adam's UCast recently found your podcast and I love it. You guys are pretty entertaining to listen to and have a lot of great stuff. Theory. If there is a time jump in Endgame, what if one of the consequences of time travel brings the mutants and Fantastic Four into the MCU? Yeah. Uh, absolutely possible. We, we've talked about a whole different bunch of ways this could be, but time travel, alternate realities, it's all on the table, man. It really is. Um, man, you know, there's one of these feedbacks we got that makes me very excited, uh, partially because it's a crossover of Star Trek. Oh, I think you're talking about the uh, the Steve Abramowitz email. Yeah. He says, Hi, guys. You being big trackies and me not. What could this mean? Avengers Endgame? Kevin Feige has said that the series finale episode of Star Trek The Next Generation in 1987, uh, All Good Things, inspired this film. Yes. Uh, the, the series finale was in 1994, I believe. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. 1987 being the origin of the or the origin year of Star Trek the Next Generation. Yes. So 1994 this is, is when the All Good Things episode aired. This is huge. Steve uh, provided us a, a link to an article that was like trivia about the film and Kevin Feige apparently said that th- his ideas for Avengers Endgame came from uh the series finale uh, episode of Star Trek Next Generation. Uh, All Good Things great episode of the next generation and this is huge and this if this is true i know i'd not heard this piece of trivia uh but if it's true it really could clear some things up about what we might be getting and it, and it, it, it really is exactly what i've been wanting which is very exciting for me um so the plot of all good things is uh this character named q who has run of all space and time and can do all kinds of... He's basically a god in the Star Trek universe. It's an alien life form that is, is kind of a mischievous god type character. He's a super advanced alien that can go forward, backwards in time, go anywhere in the universe, whatever. Can do all kinds of things, can manifest things into reality, whatever. He's just like, like really is like the god of mischief in the Star Trek universe. He brings Picard on a time travel adventure through different points in his future, uh, including like 10 years into the future. Then he takes him into the distant future when he's like an old man. And then he takes him back to the beginning of the human race uh, before, or the beginning of life on earth when people were about to bubble into, uh, into sentience or whatever. Um, or when beings were about to attain sentience on earth at, at the very beginning. So like it's this time travel story that connects all these different points in time in Picard's life. And then it sort of tells the overarching story of everything Picard has gone through. Oof. So if that is what they're doing, that is everything I want. From an Avengers Endgame. I love time travel. I've said it many times. And I and I just would love if that's something like what they're planning to do with Avengers Endgame. Uh, telling us. And, and, and I just never heard that, that said that Feige got inspiration from all good things. And great episode. And it's just, you know, it is the last episode of The Next Generation. Uh, a show that ran for seven seasons. And it just perfectly um, puts a cap on the end of this great series where they're, you know, they literally do. They show the future. They show the past. They show the current timeline. And Picard is having, having mental flashes between the three, uh, where Q is bringing his consciousness back and forth. So he keeps experiencing different points in the timeline. Um, so, and he's making the decisions in different points in the timeline that change, uh, things in the other parts of the timeline. It's really, really great and really well done. Um, but that really excites me for Endgame even more. Oh man, that makes me think that it's going to be like uh, Back to the Future Two style. Back to the Future Two is my favorite Back to the Future. I knew you were going to say that because I remember you saying that last week. Back to the Future. <laughs> Back to the Future One is amazing, but Two it just gets so complicated and fun. <laughs> I love a good complicated time travel story. Yeah, especially when that complicated time travel story is three hours long. 
Oh, Avengers man. Endgame is going to be over three hours. I, it's got to be time travel, right? It has to be. I really want it to be. <laughs> I really don't that, know. That's the crazy thing is we're two weeks away from this movie coming out and we still don't know. That is nuts. We still don't know, Matt. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, you couldn't live with your failures. And where did that bring you? Back to me. Ah. Ah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Oi4 said, Adam Tcast, I would apologize for the length of the feedback I just sent, but I feel like the apology would be a lot better with cash. More Patreon dollars headed your way. Yes, Oi4 uh, amended his Patreon uh, Patreon donation up. So thank you very much. He threw in some <laughs> extra cash. I appreciate you, you so much, Oi4. It, it makes it it makes it okay. I'll buy a water bottle with what you have. And what you've given. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, the um, and if you want to know the feedback he's talking about, we just did our Cloak and Dagger episode, uh, the one right before this. So check out that Cloak and Dagger episode. Yeah. It has a large uh, feedback thing from 084. Uh, let's see. Twitter, Levi Birdie says, Adam to you, Cass. Quick question. If Thanos had the gauntlet after Ultron, that means he had destroyed Nidavellir and their people Years ago, right? Yes, that is what that means. And, well, you know. Head cannon, Master, you want to well, chime in? A couple things. Um, <laughs> it is very possible that, yes, it's very possible we had that years ago. It's very possible that basically any time after Thor the Dark World, it could have happened because... Um, Odin was not on the throne, so it's very possible that they were not protecting their their uh, their friends and allies like they should have been. Um, well, I think they're meaning that at the end of Age of Ultron, Thanos puts the gauntlet on. It's fine. Fine, I'll do it myself. No, yeah, I understand. And that's years ago. I know, but so was Thor: The Dark World. And the point is, Nevatalir, when it's destroyed. Um, or, or just, you know, attacked and everyone's killed. It had to have been after Odin was not on the throne anymore, I think. Because I think that's when, when Loki takes over, I think is when sort of all of Asgard's realm starts sort of falling to shit. Yeah. Um, but, but that, that, that is also the possibility that that shot of him grabbing the gauntlet could have been out of time. That's my yeah, that's my real like yeah it could be from right before uh, end game like it's just that we saw a glimpse from the future in in that in that end you know it could, it could have been out of uh, sequence with the rest of the movies that came after Ultron yeah I mean communication does take a while to go through space yeah well that yeah it's very possible he didn't hear about the failure of Ultron. Um, and we, we've never really even had a confirmation that he was responsible for Ultron, but I, I've always believed that. Yeah. Yeah, There's there wasn't really anything that was like, he's directly involved in the fate of Ultron, or he had like direct stakes in Ultron doing whatever it was that Ultron was doing, you know? Yeah. Like, that, he, that he was watching or cared or whatever. It was just like, at the end, he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And like, that's that's it. That's all. <laughs> that's all we know. Um, but yeah, that being years before Infinity War coming up and saying, you know, that it, when they go to Nidavellir, it seemed like it was relatively recent that things had been kind of uh, kind of destroyed. Yeah, it seems weird that Peter Dinklage was sitting there for years waiting by right? himself. <laughs> He's just like I'm hungry. Makes it, it does make it more sad. Like if he's just been sitting there living a life by himself for multiple years, waiting on someone to finally notice that something happened. Uh, oh. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of. It's one of those things again. Matt talking about canon. Sorry guys, um, but <laughs> I would. I that's one scene I really don't like from the MCU is that I'll do it myself scene because it just doesn't seem to match in tone or match in character motivations or like a lot of the things don't really seem to line up with that moment. Uh, it, it takes a lot of like 
sort of bending over backwards, head cannoning to make that scene make sense. And it feels, it feels like one of the things that they forced on Joss Whedon to put into the movie because it was an overarching connection they wanted in there, but they didn't think it through properly. They're like, yeah, this is going to be great. Ah, shit. Uh, this is going to be like a while. Mm, just go with it. Uh, like if they had really thought it through, like they fully thought through that scene instead of him you know, picking up the gauntlet, it should have just been like the forges of Neta Netevalier or whatever. And like showing the, showing the people working like under some sort of armed guards and then like show the, show the like metal cast fall off and you just have the like newly minted gauntlet. Yeah. The problem was they hadn't yet shown Hella saying that the original gauntlet was a fake. So all of us uber nerds like myself would have been like, yes, but they already showed this gauntlet in Thor. Why are they just now making it? Doesn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> but instead we're saying it doesn't make sense of something else. So ah, who knows? It's fine. Not a big fan of that scene. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's going to make for great movie. I'm letting it go. Let it go, Matt. Let it go. Like that other Disney movie. Let it go. That we're not going to sing. Let it go. Oh, wait, four, send us an email. Said, Matt, here are some ridiculous headcanons to help the Captain Marvel Shield publicity continuity. They get stupider <laughs> as they go. <laughs> <laughs> number, <laughs> number one, Tony knew what Shield was, or at least the urban legend of Shield. He was messing with Coulson by pretending he didn't know about it at all. Just like Coulson was messing with him by saying the entire name. What he didn't know was that Howard helped found it. Yeah, it's possible. Possible. Uh, number two, Tony, uh, Tony's traumatic experience in the cave forced him to suppress certain random things, among them his father's involvement with S.H.I.E.L.D. or S.H.I.E.L.D.'s whole existence. That one, that one is a little sillier. Yeah, I can, so far, correct. Stupider as they go. Uh, number three, the Tony that came out of the cave was a Skrull, who was still figuring Earth out and hadn't gotten to the S.H.I.E.L.D. chapter of the history books yet. <laughs> that, one, that one is yet stupider. I like it. Yep, yep. Number four, uh, the badge that Fury flashed to everyone is a Neuralizer. Men in Black is MCU canon. <laughs> I like it. That one I like. That one I like. That's the good one. We'll go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Headcanon away, my friends. All of you. Send in All your stupidest you. headcanon. Right? Like, send us your dumbest story, and we will try to make it work. <laughs> that's that's the episode. That's the episode that we need to do, Matt, where they send us headcanons, and you try to make it fit. <laughs> You explain the story to make it fit. I'll do my best. Okay. Andrew Gregg said in an email, Hi, guys. Hello. Uh, my favorite song in the MCU is Rubber Band Man by the Spinners in Infinity War. I like that song because when Infinity War is my favorite movie in the MCU still, and Rubber Band Man is just the song from that movie, it's also hysterical that the camera pans around to show what the Guardians are doing. Yeah, it, it's a good scene. I, I, I like the Guardians... In Infinity War, it's kind of fun to see them on, with another director's, you know, hand on the wheel. Yeah, but if uh, if I recall correctly, James Gunn did have a bit of consulting work in that movie. For sure, he did. Uh, it's, still, it's still like you know someone else, someone else putting putting you know the final touches or whatever, making the final yeah. calls. I just think it's kind yeah. of neat to pass that torch a little bit. But I'm excited for it to go back. Woo! Uh, let's see. Drew continues saying, to go along with what you guys said in the X-Men episode with how the Thanos will return moment in Endgame will be Spider-Man will return in Spider-Man Far From Home and other things like that. The runtime is three hours, two minutes. I think that's the two minutes because it would definitely take more than a few seconds to announce three years or so worth of movies. Thanks for the great podcast. I look forward to listening to you guys each and every week. Keep up the great work. True. P.S. The person that talks after Tony in the in-game trailer is Peggy Carter and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, we just weren't smart about that. We were not. I really enjoy our idea that we had for uh, the El Capitan theater moment after the after in-game. Like, that yeah. would... Uh, it would be so sweet, Jeff. It would that be would so be. sweet. 
Uh, we well, we unfortunately we, we it is one a.m. where we are, um, and so we are going to have to wrap it for tonight. Uh, but we'll be back next week with more, uh, uh, probably more of your feedback and more Avengers talk. And we got so much, so much to go. Uh, only two weeks left, and we will be bringing you the actual Avengers Endgame uh, review. Cannot wait. God, All right, guys. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Thank you so much. Uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. If you want to support the cast, go to patreon.com slash mcucast, and uh, leave us a donation there. Uh, you, we, we never do more than one a week, uh, a, a, a paid episode more than once a week. So uh, check those out, and we will be back with you soon. Peace. Until next time, true believers.